When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of TOJ Live. I'm one of your co-hosts, Stephen Russo. Uh, back here for my weekly first and 10, I will start by saying I apologize for missing last week. Like probably much of you, I think I just needed a breather. Uh, if you listen to the show with myself and Zance, I was down bad, uh, admittedly so. And for the way the game went against New England, and, and you know, I think all of us know that the Games against New England just carry some extra weight. And so when you lose like that and the way that you did, I was, uh, I was down really bad and, and honestly just needed a breather. I still did the, uh, the normal show with Zance and got to air my frustrations and, and, and vent a little bit, which made me feel better. Um, but you know what? Uh, I was probably a little bit too harsh and critical and, and, you know, I think all of us can be that way a little bit, but either way. So I'm back for the weekly first and 10 after the Jets lose, uh, in, Crazy fashion to Kansas City on Sunday Night Football uh, at MetLife. They lose 23 to 20. We'll get into a lot of this. Um, typically, again, you know, uh, with the one over- overarching thought here for first and 10 and then uh, just my 10 quick hitters. But so first, I- I- I'll have to start with Zach Wilson. You know, what I'll say is this is no way indicative of how the rest is going to go. We can cling to that string of hope. We can think that maybe this is him turning the corner. We can cling to that hope that what Sala sees, what the coaching staff sees, everything that the entire team has been saying they've seen over the summer, over the course of the last six months since Aaron Rodgers has been here, that this is kind of starting to show its its face to us. And, and that's what we are hoping for. Um and you hope that, that, that this is, can really turn into that for Zach because he played, uh, the best game that he's played as a pro on Sunday night and against a very good Kansas City defense, nonetheless. And I think that Kansas City defense is probably what top five, top eight in the league. No question. And they've done a nice job. And Zach Wilson really kind of had his way with them, which was encouraging to say the least. Bill Belichick can give everyone fits. We obviously know that he has the Jets and Zach Wilson's number, but to be able to turn the page like that, to be able to take all the criticism that he did, uh, I'm sure he heard it from yours truly. No, but uh, guys like like Joe Namath and just the New York sports media, that can be uh, obviously can be very, very harsh. Uh, to be able to take it and, and do what he did on Sunday night, I give the kid a lot of credit. Um I hope I'm wrong. Uh, I hope that I was wrong. I am man enough to admit I've been happily married for 12 years, so I think I'm capable of admitting when I am wrong. And I hope that this truly is Zach Wilson turning a corner. Now, history suggests that, you know, he's going to revert back to the mean a little bit. And and honestly, you know, maybe a little bit is okay. I think if you get shades of, you know, 80%, 75% of what Zach Wilson was on Sunday night, then this can be a successful football team. When I look at the big picture, and I remember doing this with Sam Darnold, I kind of grade his starts um, based on like a good, meh, or okay, and bad. 
if I look back and there's 25 uh, games in here, I'm discounting the one game against New England last year where he got hurt. Um, but if I look at, or I'm sorry, in his rookie season where he got hurt, 25 starts, I'd say that four were good. Uh, and I'd go back to Tennessee and Tampa in his rookie year. I'd say the Miami start last year at home was a good one. He threw for 210 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. A couple of would-be touchdowns, one I remember down the sideline to Brees Hall. But I think he played well in that game. And that wasn't just like they won in spite of him. I think he did a he did a fantastic job in that game. So I'm giving that a good. And then obviously this game against KC. Um, after that, you look at the mat. I got 12 where it's like, it's okay. You know, there's some wins. There's some losses. I should look. And, and that's probably around a 500 uh, record for the Jets during those those starts. And then the bad, I would say there's nine of them. So again, you know, we are clinging to hope here, but the the feeling is, and I think the vibes are going in the right direction, where if you can get that part of Zach Wilson, if, like, like I said, if you can get the 75 to 80% of what Zach Wilson was on Sunday night, then that's good enough to win games. That's good enough to beat teams like Denver. That's good enough to at least get you in the conversation. The encouraging thing was he, and I'll give credit to Will Parkinson, who probably tweeted this out. I know he said it in our TOJ Slack. He let it rip, but it was still within structure and was still within the offense. And you could just see that he saw the field better. He saw the field clearly and he made the right decisions. And there wasn't outside of the fumble, which I can't get on him too much for. That was a mental mistake in a critical moment. Um, but outside of that, he played a very clean game and went toe to toe with the best quarterback on planet earth and outplayed him. Uh, and again, to reiterate, against a very good defense. So you hope that this is a sign of things to come from Zach, and this is a sign of encouragement and not just an aberration and a blip on the radar where at the end of this season, you know, the Jets are 4-13 and 13 and we're saying, oh, remember that and what could have been. Um, so you really hope that this is it for Zach Wilson and that this is truly what, uh, what solid the coaching staff and the players in that locker room are seeing. All right, that was my... Long opening. So next is a quick hitter. And then number one will be a longer version of a quick hitter. But I, I can't go and talk about this game without mentioning the officiating. Again, the NFL officiating is just an absolute joke. I I hate to blame the officials, but I'm a fan first and foremost. That's why I do this. That's why Zance does. That's why all, that's why all of us do this. We're a fan. We, we care. And living in central New York, upstate New York, I live in, in the Syracuse area. You can obviously uh, guess that I'm surrounded by Bills fans. So for the last few years, when I hear them complaining that the NFL is rigged and that the Chiefs get all these calls and that they just want Mahomes to win, blah, blah, blah. And I've kind of, you know, uh, put a deaf ear to that. But now it's like maybe my eyes are open a little bit because it just seemed way too convenient. I mean, I think it's a joke that Jamie and Sherwood was tackled and ankle rolled to the ground on the Pacheco touchdown and nothing was called. And furthermore, I think it's even more of a joke that a 55 yard drive to really end the game takes seven and a half minutes has two, not one, but two third and 20 plus conversions by Patrick Mahomes, one with a no holding call that was obvious on Jermaine Johnson with an official looking right at it. And the other with a obvious no hold on sauce Gardner that was call eventually called a hold 
where the flag was thrown five seconds later after an interception was made. I just can't wrap my head around it. And when you have things like the NFL's Instagram page saying the Chiefs are two and zero as Swifties, it just really makes your it makes your head spin, and it, it frustrates you even more because I think the Jets had a real shot to uh, to pull off the upset in that game, and to know that it was just ripped away by the officials, I think is um it, it, it's just disappointing because you. You really just wanted to let the players play. And the argument of, you know, you don't make that call in that spot, you know, I, I think it could go both ways because the argument is, you know, if you're going to throw the flag on Sauce, well, then why didn't you throw the flag on the hold on Jermaine Johnson? And if the argument is you let him play, well, if you didn't throw the hold, the flag on the hold on Jermaine Johnson, well, then you probably shouldn't have thrown the flag on Sauce because I think it's pretty clear that they were letting these guys play all game. So, for the NFL officiating now, and, and listen, the, the the Cowboys game wasn't stolen from us, but for the NFL to write a letter to the Jets saying that they missed completely, that that was the wrong call on the roughing the passer in the Cowboys game on JFM, and now you have so many calls go against the Jets or no calls go against the Jets and for the Chiefs to really pave the way for that victory for Kansas City, it, it's it's really just disappointing and it's it sucks. It's like being punched in the gut. However, you know, let's hope that I, and I, by the way, the other thing that I would say is that I love Salah getting emotional, fired up, going at the refs, getting the flag at the end of the game. I I love that. I love that passion from him. Having a common enemy kind of brings everyone together, I think. And and that's something where, you know, the fans, the team and and Salah can obviously unite. That being said, NFL officiating is a joke. The fact that these refs don't have, any sort of repercussions for their terrible calls that impact the outcome of the games. The fact that they continue to insert themselves into games. We saw it in the Super Bowl last year. You see it on Sunday night football here. You see it in almost every game you watch is just laughable at this point. And it's, it's truly disappointing, but I got to end that there. I am obviously very upset as I'm sure all the listeners are at, uh, at how that game played out, especially from the, uh, from the officiating standpoint. The next thing I'll move to in point number two is the offensive line. I think this is the best version of the offensive line that we've seen. I think for two weeks now, these five starters have held up well. I think the way they played against New England was good. I think it was graded on a curve because you saw Zach Wilson hold the ball for five seconds back there. So I think it looked worse than it actually was. But I think going up against this Kansas City defensive line and Chris Jones in particular and the way that they held up and the time that they gave Zach – I think was an obvious improvement. And I think outside of the center, which you could make an argument that maybe you move Tippmann to center and Schweitzer to guard when, when Schweitzer gets back healthy, you can make that argument. But right now Tippmann is, is playing guard very well and grading out very well. But this combination of five offensive linemen is the best that they've had. And I think it gives you some, uh, encouraging signs for what's to come, knowing that you may have very well have bookend tackles with Makai on the left and Vera Tucker on the right. And you could be solidifying a guard spot here with Tittman as well. I think it just, it, it gives you hope and it makes you feel a lot better about this offensive line situation. And I think they've done a nice job in the passing game and a nice job in the run blocking game. And that's something that I will give the coaching staff credit for is, is a keeping that under wraps the week that they did and B actually just kind of having the, uh, mental fortitude to be able to do that and to uh, make that change and seeing 
you know, kind of pulling themselves, giving that tell themselves that 10,000 foot view to make that change uh, because it just made sense. And I know a lot of fans were clamoring for it. Number three, um, my thoughts on Sala. Those that listen to me, listen to, to mine and Zance's show. Um, you know that I love Robert Sala. I'm a believer. I think he's a good man. I think he's a good coach. I think he's a really good motivator. Um, I was critical last week of his just outright devotion to Zach Wilson, more so his, um, almost unwillingness to criticize uh, Zach in the way that he would criticize other parts or other members of the team, which that just bothered me. But overall, I still think Sal is a good coach. I, I, I think he's the right guy to lead this team and lead this organization. And depending on how they see, I really don't see any other scenarios outside of them, just like losing out the rest of the way. I, I still think that he and Joe Douglas deserve more time um, regardless of how this season plays out. But I give Salah a lot of credit, and I think he's doing a nice job of holding this team together. And I think we, uh, as fans, kind of have to ignore all the reports and the outside noise because when you think back on it, a lot of this stuff just never really seems to jive. And, you know, um, discussions of the locker room tearing apart and all this stuff, it just doesn't, it, it doesn't really hold water when you listen to some of the players and their interviews and what they're saying. I just have more, a little more faith in that. I can be critical of Salah. I'm an objective fan. I've suffered for 37, almost 38 years now. So I'll be critical where it's needed. But I think um, overall, he's done a nice job and he's the right guy to lead this, lead this franchise. That being said, one thing that I've, I've liked about Salah in the first few years of him coaching is he's shown an aggressiveness. Uh, there's been a couple of times, a couple of instances where he's gone for it, where I've liked it, where he said that, you know, if it came down, I want to say it was a Tennessee game in, in the rookie year. Like if it came down to it and they had a chance to either tie or go or go for the win with a two point conversion, they were going for two, like all these things. I, I like that mentality. I want to see him get back to that. The couple of things that I looked to um, from this last game was the Zerline kick before the half that he ultimately missed. I think you got to go for it in that spot. Knowing the momentum being in your favor, going up against Kansas City, you got to make calls like that to go for it instead of settling for a 52-yard Greg Zerline field goal. And the other part was, you know, they missed the opportunity when it was uh 17 to 2 to get the first down deep in Kansas City territory. I think you have to call the plays there on third and short, knowing that you're going to go for it on fourth. So I would have handed the ball off to Brees Hall on that third and three, third and four, where they ended up, uh, Zach evaded pressure, got out, missed Conklin in the end zone. Now that should have been a touchdown. We'll talk about that later. But I would have given the ball to Brees Hall, knowing that you're going to go for it on fourth and one, ultimately because you want to score the touchdown. I think you got to be a little more aggressive in those spots, especially when you're playing a, an opponent like Kansas City. Those are my thoughts on Salah. Next, let's get into the missed opportunities. So as good as this team played, as uh, good as Zach Wilson was, there were still so many missed opportunities. You think about the Conklin catch in the end zone. You think about the Mosley drop interception and when that could have, uh, how that could have turned the game. The Garrett Wilson miss down the right sideline wasn't as big because the Jets still end up scoring on that drive. But you see those missed opportunities. The Michael Carter drop on third down, that was just a uh, a backbreaker. You know, those types of things, it just it, it, it gives you signs of hope here that this Jets team really can be a team to be reckoned with and good when you get the positive signs that you did from Zach Wilson. And there's still more to be had out there. I think that's just uh it's a very good thing to look at. And it's a, it's a, it's, it's pointing at the trajectory is pointing in the right direction. So that makes you feel good. Now, 
The thing is, we've seen this against Dallas. We've seen it against Kansas City, both games that they've lost now. You got to capitalize on those opportunities when you get them. You can't let those pass you by. Those drop picks, those drop passes, those touchdown opportunities, those are the ones that good good teams capitalize on. So they got to find a way to start getting better um, with those and being able to make those plays in those key moments. Next, number five, I think overall the defense played extremely well outside of the first quarter where they kind of just, you know, fell asleep uh, through the first 15 minutes of that game. They got to, they got to eliminate explosives. That was a big thing of Sala, especially, you know, with Ulbrich. I know that was a big thing for him and he posted the sign and all that good stuff, but they're giving up these big plays and kind of these bonehead plays um, where they're digging themselves a hole and they're rarely playing with the lead. That being said, you got to give this defense credit because holding Patrick Mahomes to, and the Kansas City offense and Andy Reid to six points through the remaining three quarters is nothing to scoff at. That's that's brilliant. Not a lot of other defenses can do that. And turning Patrick Mahomes over twice, really should have been three times, again, is something that not a lot of teams do. So the defense is playing extremely well, and I – if you get that performance minus a bonehead play or two coupled with Zach Wilson playing halfway competent C plus football, you're going to win some games and that's what they need. That's all they need. Next, I'll give my thoughts on the youth movement and Randall Cobb uh, a little bit here in number six. So I'm happy that some of the things that Robert Sala said about getting Ruckert on the field, getting Gibson on the field, took place on Sunday. That's good. That's encouraging. You see Ruckert in the run game is second to none. You see him coupled on the right side with AVT, springing Brees Hall for another toss right that could have gone for 80-plus yards and a touchdown. I don't know why they don't run that toss right play all the time. It just it just works. Uh, toss right, toss left. Like Get Brees out in space and let these guys run and, and pave the way for him. I mean, it just seems automatic at this point. Um, but the infusion of youth, I think, is a great thing. Now, what I will say is that they still need to get Hardman on the field more. The other thing I, I will say, and I'm kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth here, but I just I don't see the complete hatred for Randall Cobb. I think having a veteran that you can rely on to make the right play, while he may not be as flashy or have the ability to kind of break some things away that some of these other guys do, I think you see the savviness on a that play like the third down conversion that he made where he runs the five-yard route to get the first down, reaches the ball out at the end of to convert it. Those are the things that you rely on Randall Cobb for. I think his value diminished the second that Aaron Rodgers got hurt, but he does still have value on this team. So I would just like to see a better balance. I don't want to see him as a third wide receiver all the time, mix in Hardman, mix in Gibson more. Um, but I do see where there is a purpose and a value to having Randall Cobb out there and on this team. Next, number seven, there's got to be a way. I love the way that Nathaniel Hackett uh used Garrett Wilson. He had nine for 60. He had 14 targets, I want to say. Continue to feed that guy the rock. Nine catches, 60 yards, okay, but you keep doing that. He's gonna break some of those. And he's gonna he's gonna get that nine for 120 then. Keep doing it. Keep feeding him the ball. He's your best offensive player. He's your best chance at breaking one open. And now let's start shifting that focus too to to Brees. There is no reason that Brees shouldn't be getting 10, 15 carries plus a couple of touches in the screen game a game. And let's start shifting that stuff away from Dalvin Cook. 
let's all admit that we were wrong on Dalvin Cook. People saw it last year where he may have lost a step. It's just not there. I think you see it. He's 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 just not making it happen in the run game, and it, it's getting to the point where I don't know how you guys feel, but it bothers me when I see him in the backfield because I just know that that's taken away from Brees Hall and the carries that he could be getting. Let's get Izzy activated. Let's see Michael Carter start stealing some some of those carries. But ultimately, what I would like to see is that a good portion of those carries that are going to Dalvin Cook start shifting to Brees Hall. And, and there's no reason in my mind if, you know, the Jets are running, I don't know what the average is, 50, 55, 60 plays a game. Let's hope if they can, you know, sustain drives that you're getting, you know, 10 to 15 targets for for Garrett Wilson and 10 to 15 touches for, for Brees Hall. I think it just – from the outside looking in, objectively speaking, those are your two best playmakers and your best chances to score. You should be feeding them the ball more often than not. Next, number eight. I think they did a nice job of this, but take more shots downfield. You saw it with the Lazard play. You saw it saw it on the seam to uh, Tyler Conklin. You saw it with Rucker and the, the dime that Zach threw. Take more shots downfield. Do it. I mean, ultimately, you're going to – your receivers can make plays. Lazard is good on deep balls. Garrett Wilson can obviously make plays. Your tight ends are big. They have hands. You're going to complete a pass or get a pass interference call three quarters of the time. And maybe it falls incomplete. Maybe it gets picked. Who knows? But those are lower percentages. Continue to take shots. I'm begging you. Please do it. Next, number nine, the Mahomes clip of he saw that sauce held, and that's why he threw it up. And and got picked by Michael Carter. Spare me, dude. Like, come on. The other thing I want to say, so this is a, a nine. This is Mahomes slash Kyle Brandt. I normally love Kyle Brandt. On Good Morning Football the other day, uh, yesterday morning, he said something to the effect of, you know, the Jets, ah, you went punch for punch with Kansas City, but you still lost and you got Mahomes' D game. Let's not act like the Jets didn't do that. The Jets' defense didn't do that to Patrick Mahomes. Like, please. They've, they're a good defense. They stifle Josh Allen. They continue to give Josh Allen fits every time they play him. They did it to Mahomes. Dak Prescott kind of had his way with the Jets and he dinked and dunked his way to it. I'm not going to discredit that. He had his way with the Jets. And listen, I mean, the Patriots are a garbage team, but the, the Jets defense did a nice job against the Patriots offense. Like, no question. They held him to 13 points. So the Jets have been, for argument's sake, they've been in three and a half of the games out of four. Uh, because of the Jets defense. So when you say, you know, too bad, so sad, you went toe to toe with, with KC, but you lost because you got Mahomes D game. Like, give me a break. Don't act like the Jets defense had nothing to do with it. And that was just Mahomes just, you know, not playing a plus. All right. Number 10 and final thoughts here. You need this Broncos game. The Jets need this. They're a better team than Denver. Denver's garbage right now. Their offense isn't very good. Russell Wilson stinks and is a fraction of what he was in Seattle. The vaunted defense that that was uh, the Broncos D last year is, is obviously no longer. Uh, they gave up 28 points to Chicago. They gave up 70 the week before to, to Miami. The Jets are a better team than Denver. They need to, they need this win. More than anything, they need this one. This is an absolute must-win game. And I think if you look down the line a little bit, the Jets win this game. They get themselves to two and three. You fight hard against Philadelphia. I don't know if this is the year that they that they finally beat the Eagles, but let's say it's not. You're two and four going into the bye. You come out of the bye, you got the Giants, the Chargers, and the Raiders. You win those three, 
you get yourself to five and four before going back to play Buffalo in Buffalo. I think you can beat the Giants just judging by what we saw last night. You can definitely beat the Raiders. The Chargers are a little different. You're scared of Justin Herbert, but that team around him and that defense is just not good. And them traveling from from L.A. to New York, that's a big thing. And you got to think that the Jets, if if they can stick together, and again, this is a big if because history shows that it's <laughs> that it's not likely to happen. But if Zach Wilson can play to a fraction of what he was on uh, on Sunday night, then this this gives you some hope. So find a way to get yourself to to four and five, five and four, playing Buffalo again, and, and the schedule will soften up again. You give yourself a chance to make a run at the playoffs and to maybe get yourself to you know nine and eight. I don't know, eight and nine probably won't do it, but this AFC is weird. So that being said, you need this Broncos game. Uh, I won't make a pick on this show. I'll wait till Thursday when Steven and I are live again. And then, uh, yeah, but again, thanks for bearing with me. I'm sorry that I wasn't here last week to uh, commiserate with you guys, but I needed a week off after that Pats loss. The, 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 the New England games, uh, the New England losses always sting. Little extra, little extra salt in the wound for those, but appreciate you guys tuning in and, uh, you'll be hearing from me and Steven Zantz on Thursday night for TOJ Live. Thanks everyone.